Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, Episode 15. I found that the more time I spent learning it before reviewing it, the better I did, which makes sense. But it's just so easy to review it, be familiar with the review sources, and then call it good rather than spending a little bit more time on the front end of learning it, either creating diagrams or writing stuff out and really trying to understand before I either reviewed it in first aid or unsuspended the cards from Anki for the pre-made deck. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on Step 1 and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered Step 1 concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview Travis Norseth, who is a second year medical student. And to help me with this interview, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going? So good. I'm just super excited that we were finally able to make our videos free. It's just been something we've been talking about for months and we've been finally able to do it. We're pumped. <laughs> yeah. I'm just on that high of just being excited about it. Yeah, it's been in the works for a while. You know, we've been kind of plotting for the past... I don't know, six months or so, making just lots of excellent content with hopes to eventually make this free. And we pulled the trigger. What has it been like a week now, I think? Yeah, just over a week, week and a half. Yeah, so all of our videos are free now. And we're just super excited to be able to give this to the community. And we hope that if people are finding the videos really valuable, then you'll sign up for some of the premium features, which will hopefully enhance your study as well. But regardless of whether or not you do that, we're really excited to just have all the videos free for everyone. So yeah, just come on over to physio.com and check it out. Like I mentioned a second ago, our guest for today is Travis Norseth. He's 25 years old. He's a second year medical student at the University of Utah. And it was really interesting to just hear his perspective because first and foremost, he is someone who hasn't taken step one. So he's kind of in the thick of it. And then another thing that was interesting is the fact that he worked for us, he worked for physio over the summer. So, you know, most students between their first and second year have a little summer break. And during his break, he decided to come do a little internship for us. And while he was here, he just realized how much he loved the content and kind of decided to switch up his study plan. You know, he wasn't really planning on using physio, but now after seeing it, he's just like really convinced of how great it is and described his plans to use it going forward. So obviously that made Rhett and I pretty happy. And I think that if people actually watch the videos and give physio an honest shot, then they'll realize that the videos are really good and the content's really good. And this is just kind of cool to hear his perspective on that. So without further ado, let's bring him on. All right, Travis, welcome to the show, man. We're super excited to have you on. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Red. Thanks, Michael. I'm excited to share a lot of recently gained knowledge. Yeah, we're excited. Like we do with all of our guests, we could start from the beginning and you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in medicine. I feel like my route was a little bit different than a lot of people. I took, I think, my only biology course in ninth grade and the only thing I remember from that course was that someone during our frog dissection lab 
took their frog home after cutting it open. So it wasn't like a super memorable or positive experience. And all during high school, I loved English classes and history classes. And I never really found myself drawn to science as much. But as I got into college, I took a philosophy class, which also is not science. And I really loved it. And I was just thinking as I went along, what are some of the things that I would like my career to look like and my life to look like? And I eventually realized that some of the aims of medicine really kind of lined up with what I wanted to do with a career, just like being dependable, being really good at something, and also giving back to like whatever the community or people around you. So I developed very painfully and slowly some proficiency in the science classes. I learned how to study better and then eventually got into med school and really have loved the first year. So it was a little different, but it's been good. That's awesome. So it sounds like that wasn't initially your plan. You know, you had this interest in like philosophy and English and other subject matters and then kind of had a, a change of heart at some point. I think that's actually probably true of a lot of people who go into medicine. What was it that made you have that shift of mindset during your undergrad years? I think it was scrubs. And also, I have really good role models, a family that's really close to me. There's like three doctors in their family, and then a few neighborhood role models. And I saw kind of what their careers and lives looked like. And I thought, well, okay, that's the type of person I want to be. And this is the profession that they're in. And I actually do like the science classes that I've taken. I just never really saw myself as a science person. And so I think I just slowly convinced myself that, like, first of all, I was capable of doing like what are said to be harder sciences. And then secondly, like this is the right type of career that I want to pursue. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, they have some sort of experience. We can all look back, I think, on our lives and be like, oh, that was kind of the impetus for my interest in medicine. So were you a science major then? Did you end up changing your degree or what did you major in? Yeah, I changed it from philosophy to psychology to neuroscience. So I crept my way from the humanities over to science. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a slow, a slow crawl for, for a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> it's kind of a change, right? Yeah, it, it's interesting though, because it's like philosophy, it seems like was the base of certain psychology theories. And then when there is a little bit more evidence, the way we measure psychology turned into neuroscience. So you know, it was a nice transition to rely on some meteor science after I went through those theoretical classes. Okay, so ultimately you changed, you decided to go into science and you got into medical school, got into the University of Utah. Maybe you could take us to that point in time and just kind of what that was like for you, maybe the first few days or first few weeks of medical school. Unless you're like a freak, the first few days are just really overwhelming. 
it's so weird because it's just like you know to be overwhelmed but then once you're overwhelmed it's so overwhelming anyways there was a lot of good but unsolicited advice given to all the first years about what to use what to expect what to do and it's good but it doesn't help i feel like a lot of times because you don't know what to expect so telling you what to expect the first three days is super overwhelming, if that makes sense. And then once class started, I really liked it. It was just like the transition phase I thought was like pretty overwhelming. Once class was actually going and I knew like, okay, this is what a normal lecture looks like. And this is what a normal week looks like. It was a lot more digestible, but just the lead up and the anticipation and all the advice that goes into right before in the first few days of medical school, it was not great. Yeah, I can totally understand that. You get told all these stories and what you need to do and, and how you need to do it and how you should do it. And you start thinking about the whole semester and the whole four years all at once. And then you're trying to remember, like take notes on stuff that you're not going to get tested on. <laughs> I just remember being super overwhelmed too. So I can, I can relate to that. So you end up starting... And you're not like in this anxious anticipation anymore. And you actually start your first few days of actual classwork. Tell us about what that was like and how you approached your courses, including like resources and lectures in general. Our school has a mentoring program. And so my big bro, who was not particularly helpful because he's really smart. And I think everything was really easy for him. Anyways, he said to just annotate first aid as you go along with the classes and remember what you can, but not worry about it that much because it's really easy. That was not totally the case for me. I did follow his advice in annotating first aid as I went along with the first few lectures. I made outlines of the stuff that we were learning And then because it seems like boards, step one, studying is becoming like what you have to do starting in like senior year of high school now. Everyone told me to just start watching whatever board prep videos in line with the lectures that we were learning. So I did start to watch some board review videos as I went along, like with genetics and biochem and We did organ-based previews, which actually was kind of hard because you don't go through the whole organ system at the one time. So that's what I did for the first few weeks in semester. Wow. Okay. So you were thinking about step one right out of the gate. Like your big bro was like, you need to get first aid. And you're like, okay, I'm getting first aid. (laughs) So you got first aid and like the first few lectures, you were like already annotating first aid along with the lectures. Is that right? Yeah. But... That makes it sound like it was by choice and by preparation, and it was more by fear. So, yes, I was. And it was kind of helpful, but I don't think I really knew, and I'm still learning, like how to use first aid more as like a review reference rather than a primary learning source. So it was good, but also if I could go back now, I would spend more time on the front end learning concepts and then either use first aid as like a preview or as a review, not as like, okay, I got this first aid sentence down. I got it. Can you break that down a little bit for us? What exactly would you do now differently? 
at least how our school is set up, I think that if I could go back, I would use first aid either to kind of create an outline for what I'm going to be learning, or I would use it at the end when I'm doing practice questions or before test to make sure that I've learned everything relating to that block of material because it doesn't provide explanations or mechanisms to a lot of stuff that at least helps me understand things well enough to answer questions. So I wish that I would have known before starting that first aid is it's a review material, not a primary learning material. And I think I would have done better if I would have known that because I would have spent a little bit more time learning the mechanisms rather than learning like the acronyms or like high yield details from first aid. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's something that I relate to as well. Back when I was in first and second year thinking about board study and just those concepts that I need to know for boards. I remember just thinking that when I would go through the chapter in first aid and that text, that if I understood those few sentences, then I understood the topic. And it just turns out that I really didn't grasp it quite the way that I should have at that moment. It's just a limitation of first aid, you know, just trying to cram so much information really truncated into 700 pages. And so I think that's really good advice for anybody who's starting out and wanting to even start using first aid, just recognize what it is and that you actually need to know the concept and mechanism behind it, not just the words on the page. That totally resonates with me. Oh man, that is just the foundation of what I believe right now in terms of studying for step one. Because first aid is deceptively simple. And at times you can read maybe a sentence from first aid or look at something and be like, oh yeah, I understand that. But you don't. <laughs> like you really don't understand it. Like you really need to go look at more information about the topic to understand something. Like for example, I think I've talked about this before, but like cardiovascular function curves in first aid, they're incredibly difficult to understand in my opinion. And there are so many other diagrams and sentences in first aid that, you know, at face value may seem like, oh yeah, I get that. But when you're really tested on it, it becomes a lot more challenging and you really have to, like you say, understand the mechanism. You have to really build up this foundational knowledge to understand something from first aid. So you might have to spend an hour trying to understand one little line from first aid. So yeah, that really resonates with me. So you started using first aid out of fear a little bit, and then you kind of had a mindset change at some point. Can you talk us about that? What exactly happened and how did your study strategy change, I guess? I found that the more time I spent learning it before reviewing it, the better I did, which makes sense. But it's just so easy to review it, be familiar with the review sources, and then call it good rather than spending a little bit more time on the front end of learning it, either creating diagrams or writing stuff out and really trying to understand before I either reviewed it in first aid or unsuspended the cards from Anki for the pre-made decks, whether they be pre-made decks like for the class specifically or for the board review sources. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's really become my philosophy, especially lately creating these physio lectures and realizing what connects and what helps people understand and remember. And also just my personal experience going through the first two years of medical school, I totally agree with you. I think that if you go deep, 
and really try to get to the mechanism and just don't worry about how you're going to review it or making flashcards on this stuff, but just dive really deep, try to understand the concept at its foundation. Then reviewing becomes really easy. You can deal with that later. And you know, what's interesting is everybody that we interview who's really successful on step one, you know, there's a myriad of ways to approach step one boards and classes and stuff like that. But the one thing that everybody does is make sure that they understand the concept during that time that they have in the courses. And some people use class lectures, some people use outside resources, but they really invest the time in understanding it. And one thing I found that is I went along and I'd be volunteering at clinics or shadowing, I would be super frustrated with myself if I had felt like I should know something, but all I knew about it was like one weird acronym rather than like any reason for it happening. Like I'd be volunteering at a free clinic and the doctor would be like, oh, so what are the three most common causes of otitis media? And I'd be like, well, uh, I can tell you what I think the sketch looks like, but I'm not sure what the reason for those most common things are. So I just found that as I went along and I felt like I should be knowing these things that I needed to spend a little bit more time understanding them, like you said, a deeper level rather than just skimming through, getting through everything and saying, all right, that's good. I have my cards. I've seen this. I should be good now. So you had mentioned Anki a few times. Can we talk about that a little bit more? You mentioned first aid at the very beginning. At what point did you start to use Anki and how exactly did you approach using it? Because there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You can make your own cards, you can use pre-made cards, and there are a number of different pre-made decks that you can use. Can you walk us through that and your thought process when you started that? I wish I would have started at like first or second grade. And I'm actually very behind compared to a lot of people. No, but in all seriousness, the Anki craze is crazy. People are really good at it and it's really effective. And it also feels a little bit like a cult. That being said, it is really effective. And I think our generation has grown up being really aware of like reviews of what works and what doesn't work, whether it be a restaurant or like a website. I feel like a lot of people around the age of med students if there's a good review and there's good reasoning and research behind it, it's very easy to trust. And it seems like the algorithm and the reviews of Anki are really solid. So I started using Anki right from the start. There was a pre-made deck for the classes that went along with lectures. As the lectures would go along, I'd unsuspend the cards that corresponded. And then whenever I'd watch a video, that corresponded to the lecture that we were on, I'd also unsuspend those board review cards from a pre-made deck. So I started like right away and I've kept up on it. It's really good, but it's also not the only way to study and or the only way to have success. Yeah. Is there a certain deck that you use, like a certain name, or was it just something created by your other classmates? Yeah, so the pre-made for the classes was passed down from an upperclassman. And then the board review ones, I have been using the Boards and Beyond and Corresponding Lightyear deck 
which just goes along with each video. And have you been able to maintain that review and, and everything up to this point? Yep. Some days more begrudgingly than others, but there was also a seminar about Anki and how to use it and how to join the cult. And one of the cult leaders said that his wife was giving birth and he was in the bathroom reviewing his cards for the day. So I feel like that set a really high bar for us to follow. And so I've kept up on all of them. But if I'm ever in a situation where a baby's being born, I promise myself that I will not do my cards that day. <laughs> oh my God. That's fair. That's fair. So the second semester, so you just finished your first year. And in that first semester, you went through that foundational stuff. And then you moved on to what topics? After the first foundation semester, we moved on to cancer and then infection and the immune system. So there were two separate blocks for those two subjects. Maybe you could walk us through that semester and tell us about how you approached the courses then. Did anything change and did your strategy change in any way during that time? Yeah, I really liked the transition from an overview of everything to organ block based or like molecule cells and cancer, just learning everything about that. Because I felt like we could really focus in on the material. But I also thought that it was really helpful because when we went through everything concerning like cell bio and oncology, there was all the videos for that whatever subject and all the cards. So I felt really secure in knowing if I go through all of these, I will have everything that I need to have down by the end of this course. And that was really nice. So I felt a lot better during those two semesters because I felt like I could say to myself, if I look at all these videos and do all these cards and do the corresponding RX questions, I should be competent in these areas. And I feel like I've done what I need to do for these courses. That's really cool. And I really resonate with that. That's something I remember feeling when I started Firecracker. It's not as big now. It's more of Anki. But at the time, I was really excited about Firecracker because I just recognized, okay, if I select all these and add them to my routine and what I'm reviewing each day, then I'm going to be able to know all this material and maintain it. And it's kind of exciting. It's like daunting because there's so many cards and so much information. But it's exciting having that sense of security, knowing that that plan will cover everything. And then you don't have to worry about missing something or leaving important subjects untouched or unlearned. And so that totally makes sense. Now, when you said that all the videos are available with that, are you referring to like a specific platform of videos or like your course lectures or what were you referring to? Yeah, the board review videos like on Boards and Beyond. If we're on the oncology block or the hematology block, like if I watch and know all the stuff from that block of videos, I should be good, hypothetically. So that's what I was referring to. Gotcha. And you've used Pathoma. Did that come up at all during that molecule cells and cancer block? Yeah. Dr. Sitar is awesome, obviously. And I think most of our class used Pathoma. As we started going into the blood disorders and then different cancers, I used Pathoma and then another Anki deck with cards for Pathoma as I went along. What's the name of that deck? The Pepper deck, I think. They all have very fun, creative names. I think that was the Pepper deck. 
But yeah, now it's the On King, the Ankh Emperor, and his wife, the On Queen. They have like a comprehensive, whatever, compilation of all these decks and the really popular Zonkey deck. So I think that most people are using the Zonkey deck, which includes the Pathoma videos. So you mentioned RX as well. When did you start implementing RX in your study strategy? I started during that molecule cells and cancer block. I tried to get through all of the oncology and hematology questions for that section. And how would you approach that? Because I know this can be a little bit of a tricky resource to use for students just because at this point in your training, you haven't really covered a lot of the information. So it can be hard to use that. How did you go about using Rx at that time? Very clumsily. It really is so demoralizing to start because you start and it's like, wow, I know less than nothing. But then as the block went on, some of the upperclassmen just said to hold off on using the Rx questions until at least halfway or a little bit over halfway through. So that way you have some foundation. Then they said to just do the questions that correspond to that block. So I would usually on Saturdays go through however many questions I could on oncology. And then when it was the infectious disease and immunology, I'd do the same thing, usually before a test. And then I'd try and make sure I got through all of them before the final. Okay, so just to recap, sounds like in the very beginning, you were kind of using first aid. Then you transitioned and started using Anki quite a bit more with the pre-made decks. You were using Boards and Beyond with Lightyear and then a deck that someone had made from your class. And then you started using Pathoma during your second semester and you started using Rx as well. Did I miss anything up to this point? I also used Sketchy for the molecule cells and cancer block. I started with the pharmacology and just got used to Sketchy during the first semester after the foundational semester. So at this point, you would have been able to use a lot of the pharmacology and microbiology for Sketchy. Were you able to use any pathology? I did. I heard it wasn't as useful. And so I didn't go through it systematically like I did with the bugs and drugs. But when I would miss a question on Rx or feel really unclear about something in pathoma or just unclear about a process, I'd try the sketchy path video and see if it helped. And a lot of them were pretty good. The problem is they just get really complicated really fast. If I'm understanding correctly, you weren't using the pathology portion of Sketchy as a way of learning the pathology, you would use like Boards and Beyond or Pathoma. And you would only use Sketchy when you really struggled with that particular disease. Is that right? Yeah. I can remember trying to figure out the different types of lung and breast cancer and the different perineoplastic syndromes associated with lung cancers. And I was just like, okay, I don't know. And then I watched the sketchy path video on it and it was pretty helpful because some of those associations were pretty weird to me. So stuff like that, I would refer to it. Otherwise, I would just use Pathoma and Boards and Beyond. I really like that approach. You know, I think there's something to be said about that because a lot of pathology, in my opinion, can be understood conceptually. If you understand the mechanism, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it makes just understanding so much of the processes surrounding that pathology so much easier to understand. But on the other hand, you know, there's quite a bit of information in pathology that's just straight up memorization and can be kind of hard to recall. 
what comes to mind initially is a lot of the different cancers, like you're saying, I know like brain tumors can be kind of hard to memorize. You know, some of the glomerulonephropathies, for example, can be kind of hard to memorize, things like that. But on the other hand, there are a lot of other topics which are very easily understood if you just understand what's going on behind the scenes. So I really like your approach and the way that you said you studied for pathology. That's really cool. Yeah, it was good. There are so many resources and so little time that it's really overwhelming to make sure you have everything down. But once you go along and find the videos and the corresponding Anki cards that you like, it's a lot more manageable than it seems at the start. Yeah, it's kind of overwhelming in the beginning, right? And then as you get your feet wet, you realize, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And I think nowadays, especially, even more so than when Rhett and I were studying, there are more resources and more helpful resources, which is really nice. And that brings me to my next thought, which is, how do you decide to use a certain resource? Because there are so many now. And at least for me, I think starting now, it might be a little bit overwhelming to think about all the different resources and trying to decide on one. So how do you decide on whether or not to use a resource? Mostly from, I think other people on your podcast have said this, but I feel like the upperclassmen advice is usually what you lean on. And also there's a certain degree of peer pressure if like your peers are using whatever resource, there's a lot of FOMO, you know, of am I going to be the dumb person who doesn't know this random syndrome because I didn't watch their resource or didn't look at this Anki card that everyone else is using. So I feel like peer pressure and the advice of upperclassmen play a big part of it because there weren't a lot of like, trial periods and it didn't seem like I had enough time to sample each thing. I felt like once I needed to use the videos, it was already like time to start using them for real. So we got through first and second semester. Let's talk about your game plan going forward now. You know, you've had the summer to think about your game plan. Walk us through that. What are you thinking? What are you going to do in terms of the resources and how you're going to approach classwork and step one? Yeah. So I have realized that I would like to do well on step one, not so much so I can hold it as a point of pride over my defeated peers, but more because I'd really like to be prepared and feel like I'm doing a good job during third year and in my career, which of course everyone says that, but I really would like to change my mentality from focusing on the outcome and more focus on the process that I'm going through each day. So for the second year, I'm trying to shift my focus into just creating good habits and then having the results be what they may. So my plan is I have used the USMLE content outline as an outline for the things that I'm going to learn this next block. And as I go through, I'm going to try and fill in that outline as best I can, watch the corresponding board review videos, do the Anki cards, and then try and do all the RX questions and maybe another question bank as I go along. But the main thing I'm trying to do is just develop really good routines. So that way it'll just kind of be... Uh, flow from one day to the next rather than like a scramble. What am I going to learn today? Interesting. I've never heard anyone 
mentioned that, I don't think, on the podcast at least, using the content outline. I really like that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I heard somewhere that someone used it and was like, well, I got like a 310 on step one, just knowing everything on this content outline. So obviously it has to be a pretty like good resource just to kind of use as a checklist as you go through. So I'm hoping that as I go along this next semester, I can use that outline to kind of prepare me and also use as a review to make sure I got everything that I needed to for that block. Yeah. Okay. So you had also mentioned video resources. Are you planning to just keep using what you're using or any plans to change anything or what are your thoughts there? I have worked as an intern for physio, as you too are aware, and not as a way to have any conflicts of interest, but I've been really impressed with your explanations and your videos. And so as I start this next year, I'm planning on using physio in the way that I was using boards and beyond. And then I'm also planning on switching the cards that I use because I found that I like the Zonkey cards a little bit better. So I'm planning on using Physio and Zonkey to go through the different organ blocks that we're about to learn. And it's kind of annoying because people say like, if you start light year, if you start boards and beyond, you need to finish it and you should not switch back and forth. And that might be true. And I might regret what I'm about to do. But I feel like if I am learning the things that are on the content outline, and if I'm going through a whole organ block, whether it be like reproductive or endocrinology, then I don't think it really matters which cards you stick to or not, as long as I'm like getting through all the content that I need to. That's really cool. You know, obviously we're thrilled to hear that you're going to use physio because, you know, we love physio. We are obviously very passionate about it and that's why we started this company. So that's really cool to hear. And, you know, like you mentioned, you've been creating a lot of content for us and helping us out with some stuff over the summer. So it's interesting to see that, you know, once you came on board and kind of saw the inner workings of physio, you decided to jump ship. And I find that really interesting. I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. I really like Boards and Beyond, and I think the videos are really good. But I like the physio videos about what you guys are trying to do. You're very aware of what to focus on, and you're very good at describing the mechanisms behind what processes are happening. The physio videos really are well-produced, and the content is really clear. So not too brown nose, I guess would be the appropriate term, but it has been impressive to see how hard you guys work and the ways that you teach the subjects in a way that really makes the students remember the material that they're learning. I'm so glad. We'll make sure you get that last paycheck and (laughs) we won't withhold that. But no, that's really cool to hear. And it's nice to hear from somebody who's from the outside yet able to see how me and Michael work and what we're doing. And to be able to see how we're coming off and that you can appreciate the effort that goes into making sure things are really, really clear and, and diving deep. You know, we've had meetings, as you recall, Travis, where I'd lament just how much research went into some of these crazy topics that were just really never taught and aren't taught anywhere. But it's exciting. It's a nice feeling to come up with a finished product and get this video like super solid and make sure that it, 
things are just crystal clear and memorable and it's a fun ride. So you mentioned that you're ditching your previous deck, Lightyear, and then starting with Zonky. Now, that does seem like a tough transition just because you've been reviewing this Lightyear deck for so many days. Are you going to add those topics again over time in your Zonky deck? Or are you just going to start from scratch? I am planning on just keeping the cards that I have used from Lightyear and reviewing them as I go along. And then using the new Zonky cards like for cardiology, for renal system. But I'm hoping not to redo those sections. Hopefully I've learned them enough to not have to unsuspend the cards from the different deck. Yeah, that sounds like a good game plan. That would really suck to have to go back and add like 3,000 cards to your deck or something ridiculous, right? Yeah, I mean, school is fun and cool, but that doesn't sound fun or cool. So Physio, Zonky, you're going to continue doing RX, maybe another QBank, and then what about December? When December, January, February, maybe a little bit closer to, to dedicated, how do you think plans will change then for you? I'm not sure. I wish I had a better answer and plan. What I'm expecting is to keep the same routine and maybe add a little bit more review from the things we learned in the first year, whether it be like more review of some bugs and drugs that I've forgotten or some immunology stuff, whatever it be, maybe just sprinkling it in with the class material that I'm learning. But I'm hoping to just go through the organ blocks by themselves. And then when I get to dedicated hopefully just review rather than learning stuff for the first time. Well, that sounds great. We wish you the best of luck going forward, Travis. It's been awesome to work with you and get to know you a little bit more. And it's super fun to have you on the podcast as well. And we're, we're thrilled that you're enjoying physio and that you plan to use it at least some in your study plan. So that's awesome. Before we let you go, maybe you could give some advice to a first-year medical student or maybe someone trying to get into medical school. Any last parting words of advice for an individual in that situation? There's a lot of different things that you hear when you're starting medical school or when you're applying to medical school. And there are so many different resources and they're all helpful in their own ways. I guess there's a few things that I wish I would have known. First, I wish that I would have focused more on the genetics and biochem parts of the first few months because I felt like that was really important. And also the biostats things, I wish I would have really focused on those things because in the organ blocks, it doesn't seem like they're as big of an emphasis. The other thing I wish I would have known is just that school is important and cool, but the end goal is to become a good doctor. So my priorities are going to be a lot different than someone who wants to do a more competitive specialty, and that's fine. So I wish I would have known that there will be students in your class that you really don't need to compare yourself to because your priorities in what you're doing are not the same. And as you're starting, it seems like you have to be the top or you have to like kill yourself. And some people really feel that way and live that way. And it's okay not to be like that. And then I guess the last thing would just be using these resources should cut down on the time that you have to study ideally. And that means that you can do stuff 
you really enjoy. Like I've loved going to the free clinics and I really like spending time with friends and my wife and we have a dog. And so the better you get at identifying resources that help you, the more time that you'll have hopefully to spend on things outside of school. So I wish that I would have known starting school that the quicker that you find stuff that works for you and the more efficient you get at creating a system of studying, that means the more time you'll have for stuff that you enjoy outside of school. Those are really good points that you just covered and really great advice. So yeah, thank you so much, Travis. Thanks, Red. Thanks, Michael. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.